My name is Andy Brown. This is my third year at Trine University as a comp professor and the play-by-play -play voice of Trine Sports. Before that, I taught high school English for 22 years at Camden Frontier High School where I was a football coach and a class advisor. And during that time, I worked at a radio station in Hillsdale where I broadcast Hillsdale College basketball and football and high school basketball and football. Uh, so I was always pretty busy. Um, I was great friends with Amy Nichols, who was a dean here at Trine. And when this opportunity came open, um, she contacted me and asked if I'd be interested. Of course, I was. Um, and she got me in here to talk to the dean and get to meet President Brooks and everything. And a couple of years later, we were able to make it official, and I moved to Trine. It has been an absolute privilege to be here with you. Uh, to be part of our athletic programs and frankly to work with some of the best students that I've ever worked with in my career. Today I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the place that broadcasting has on our campus here at Trine and I think has in the college experience. So my thesis today is that incorporating broadcasting opportunities into the college experiment experience promotes valuable skills including research and preparation creativity of language use, networking, and confidence in high-pressure situations. So that picture was taken in 1994. The kid next to me is Greg Corumbus. That's the first game I ever broadcast in Hillsdale College as a sophomore. We were doing Hillsdale College football for Comcast Channel 19, which was the public access channel in Hillsdale. I had always, since I was a little kid, wanted to do sports broadcasting. I was the kid that got picked last for all of the kickball games and the basketball games. I sat the bench during basketball during high school. Football I got to play a decent amount, but the other sports I just, I wasn't super coordinated. I was not fast. I'm not particularly tall. I was not a great athlete. But from a young age, I loved sports. And so I knew I've got to find a way to stay in the game somehow, right? Even if it's not as a player. So when I went to college, right away this opportunity became available. Um, I applied, I did a couple of practice games, and our producer, Ted Matko, we called him Multimedia Matko, uh, he hired Greg and I to start doing the games. I did six games that year. I did football my sophomore, junior, and senior year uh, as a student. And then when I graduated from college, I got hired by our local radio station, WCSR, and I took over play-by-play -play at our radio station for Charger football. And then seven years later, I took over men's and women's basketball. So I was doing those while I was teaching high school. And without that opportunity, without my broadcasting experience, there's no way that I'd be standing before you today. Trine was not interested in me as just a teacher. They wanted somebody that had that background also. And so for me, it has opened, not only have I had a blast, but it's opened career doors that I would not have had otherwise. And I want to tell you a little bit about those opportunities today. So the first thing for me when I get to Trine, I'm a Hillsdale College guy. I don't know anything about Trine sports. And one of the first people I meet is Coach. Some of you know Coach Land. Uh, he made it very clear from the first day that we showed up that winning is mandatory at Trine. He said that in a speech, a charge to the athletes in the fall, the year that I arrived. And from that point on, man, have you guys won a lot of games. And for me as a broadcaster, that's been a lot of fun to be a part of. 
Nick Bowman is a great story. Does anybody know Nick? I mean, here's a kid who his first two years at trying as a basketball player got to play just a couple of minutes a game. I think he drew, correct me if I'm wrong, averaged less than two points a game his sophomore year. His junior year, instead of transferring, instead of quitting the team, instead of wallowing in self-pity, he got in the gym and worked, right? Some guys graduated. His junior year, he averaged 20 points a game and was the MIAA player of the year. So that's a huge jump for a kid like that to make. It's been so much fun to cover a kid like Nick Bowman. Uh, this is Donnie Dankelson. He is the head coach of our softball team. Coach Donnie is a force of nature. Uh, right before I came to campus, our softball team made it to the national quarterfinals, partly because of this play. So the pitcher never threw the ball. She had it all along, and they just faked that it was a throw into the outfield. They got the runner from second off base, and I'll show it to you one more time. This was a key play. Did you know this made it to Sports Center? Did anybody see it on Sports Center? Take a look. Watch the pitcher here and watch how they sell this. So everybody freaks out like they threw it into the outfield. Pitcher never threw it, tags her out. She gone! And try and wins. So Coach Dankelson is an incredible coach. They've had tremendous success and it's been fun to see their success. Jake Gladio just won the national championship in the 400 hurdles. We've had him on a couple of Thunder profiles. What an asset for Trine University. Uh, Tara Benevich just, or Benevich just sent the, the record for threes, I think in a career and in a season uh, for the Trine women's basketball team that made it to uh, the final four this year in division three. Haley Livingston, as a freshman, was the Regional Track and Field Athlete of the Year. You guys know Evie Baltemeyer or Evie Miller. All she does is win. She's won multiple championships and regional crowns. And our Trine Triathlon team recently won a national championship in triathlon. So just in the few years that I've been here, we've had incredible success on the athletic field. And as a broadcaster and somebody who's promoting our university, that's a lot of fun. Okay, so it starts with the athletic program and the excellence that they have put together. That gives us a lot of opportunities to have exciting things to broadcast. So our students are the heart of the Trine Broadcasting Network. Four years ago, when Dave Jarzina came up with this idea of creating a network, he said, let's have somebody kind of advise a group of students and let them take it as far as they can. And here are some excerpts from students talking about their experiences and how they've grown as a student and a broadcaster working with the Trine Network. Take a look. So I started out my sophomore year helping Professor Brown call some volleyball matches and uh, broadcasting was something that I'd never done before or even thought about doing and it just kind of piqued my interest and really helped me gain a different experience that I never thought I would have at college. And so I really enjoyed being able to kind of branch out and try something new that was outside my comfort zone and traditional like career path. Um, so being able to have that experience, I would say, really just helped me learn a lot more about myself, make connections with other people, and try new things. So I chose to come to Trine because I really connected with the comm department and I really liked the technology they had available. I thought the professors were very open and very helpful and I decided to come for communications with a focus in graphic design, which 
broadcasting doesn't necessarily fit in there, but I think it's fun to be able to experience other forms of communication, even if it's what I don't want to do professionally. Broadcasting taught me to be a bit more confident in myself and to trust what I'm saying. Um, throughout broadcasting, I didn't really quite understand what I was doing, but if I kept pretending to be confident, I could get anything done. Uh, it's been really fun broadcasting basketball, especially since, I mean, our teams are so great that it really has been a lot of fun, but just getting to know all the players has been a lot of fun, getting to interview them a couple times. So uh, it's just been really great, and I just love broadcasting sport I love. I've learned practical skills on how to do a successful broadcast, but I've also learned a lot about myself and how to have confidence. Uh, coming into being a comm major, I was very nervous to talk in front of people, and it caused me to have a lot of anxiety, but not something that I even look forward to a lot of the time. The main thing I've learned from broadcasting is actually keeping my composure. A lot of the time when I talk to people, um, maybe before college, I kind of stumble on my words and then I get completely lost in the conversation. Broadcasting and the people that I've worked with in broadcasting has taught me that it's okay to make mistakes and that you just got to keep going forward and that's really helped me in a communication sense and it's something that it's probably the biggest thing that I've learned from broadcasting here. Um, well, broadcasting is probably it's my favorite thing to do on campus um, since I got the opportunity to uh, my freshman year. Uh, it's something that I look forward to every time. I've made so many new connections with athletes, coaches, with other people in the communications department as a whole. Um, and overall, I think it's just really helped my networking and it's given me a lot of, uh, lot of good experience going forward. So um, Professor Brown has given me like, a great opportunity to broadcast some of the hockey games, the men's NCAA hockey games here. At first, I started off doing color, which was I enjoyed a lot because I was able to give my sense um, of hockey, knowledge of hockey, to the broadcast. And then, as I got more into it, he was—he uh, let me do some some play-by-play, -play, which was really exciting because you're constantly talking and you can really give like the energy with each play, which I thought was really cool and really, really good and really fun. And I think a lot of students, even if it's not something that they're gonna. Um, the field that they're going to, it's definitely a good experience that you should, you should get while you're at college. So the neat thing here is that that slideshow, or excuse me, that video was produced by Shay Herbert. So Shay Herbert graduated from our hack department last year. Um, she was a fantastic comm student and now she works here at Trine University in the sports media and marketing department. Um, and she makes great video content like that all the time. And it's just something that we're really proud of to see our students continue on and have success in the career field of their choice. So talking to some of the students and thinking about the components of a successful college experience, it was interesting to hear what they had to say. And you heard from Kyle a minute ago, I knew absolutely nothing about volleyball other than the basics of hitting the ball over the net. And when I got on campus, we wanted to cover our great women's volleyball team for Coach Waz. And poor Kyle was in my speech class. And uh, he gave a couple of speeches, and I knew that he was into volleyball. And I recruited him to help us do some volleyball broadcasts. And the first year, I was doing play-by-play. -play, and he and a kid I called the CEO were my color commentators. And we had a blast, and Kyle taught me so much about the game. And he wrote that the relationships that I've been able to create with my professors and fellow classmates 
have helped motivate me to pursue my interests and passions in hopes of finding a variety of ways to interact with others and express myself. And I just wanted to talk about that concept of relationships. The guys that you saw in that video, uh, the people that you saw in that video, um, the process that I've had and the opportunity that I've had to work with them and, and see what they can do, I'm so proud of them. And I just admire them for kind of putting themselves out there and taking a chance to do something like this. And it's been so much fun to get to know them and become friends with them. And I plan on being their friend for a long, long time. Does anybody know the great John Kay? This is the real John Kay. He was on campus before I got here. He was working with my predecessor, doing some football and basketball for them. And I texted John. He moved back up north after college. And he said that the ability to call games during college was amazing. It allowed me to chase my dream and finish my degree all at the same time. And John wasn't just doing play-by-play. -play. He was doing color commentary. He was also running, I think, two podcasts. He had a podcast called Three Strikes, and he was doing Storm Center at the time. So he really immersed himself in broadcast arts opportunities at Trine, and I know he's looking forward to continuing in his career with broadcasting as he goes along. It's good to hear from John every once in a while. He's doing pretty well. So talking about relationships, studies show that students who connect with their professors and their classmates make deeper connections with their school and have better results in their classes. According to Melissa Brown and Teresa Starrett, many students indicated they work harder and enjoy the classes more when they feel connected. This helps with a higher retention rate for universities and a better sense of security and comfort for students. And I've always thought that they may take band in high school or do a play or something like that. I feel like you make relationships and experiences like that that are deeper than in a normal class. Does that make sense? And so when you're doing a broadcast, when you have a real product to put out there and you're going in front of sometimes thousands of people, there's a tension there that really kind of binds you together in a deeper way. And you really do make those kinds of relationships. And so talking to these guys, um, Drew says, I love working on games instead of sitting around in my room. I've made a lot of friends through broadcasting and have had plenty of cool opportunities because of it. Drew Everhart's not a comm major. We got him from, from sports management. But this guy, um, Professor Pod, introduced us, and he has been fantastic. He's an incredible basketball broadcaster. He knows so much about the game. If you've heard him before, you know what I'm talking about. Just got a lot of ability. So Kelsey Taylor said that I was able to use my creativity and storytelling to give the audience an experience as if they were watching the game in person. To be a woman in broadcasting will show other women that they're capable of doing anything they put their minds to, no matter the situation. We had Daniela Bruce from the Red Wings who spoke to my class last week or the week before. She's the first woman to broadcast Red Wings hockey. And she got to talk to a lot of our students about her path to that and the fact that it's not about your gender, it's about your knowledge of the game and your ability, right? And so women are now taking over these positions that traditionally people would have expected to hear men in. Now women are getting those opportunities. You, know, you guys probably know KT, she was on the women's team. She was in my intercultural comm class and we became great friends and I, I had to get her on a broadcast. So one night when the men were playing but the women weren't, we got her in on Color Commentator, and she did a fantastic job. She's got a lot of natural ability. Uh, Brooke Cunningham is a force of nature. 
Um, she took over as our Wednesday night color commentator for basketball. And I've never laughed so hard trying to broadcast a game than when I would work with Brooke. If you know Brooke, she is just a massive personality. Um, she is unpredictable. Um, she is very emotional. And she always brought sour Skittles to the games. So we had sour Skittles every night. And uh, we enjoyed calling the games together. I discovered her. She was PA announcing volleyball for Coach Waz. And I went down and introduced myself. And I said, who are you? You're incredible. And uh, on the PA announcing stuff. And of course, if you know Brooke, she was not demure at all. And she says, I'm Brooke. Who are you? And we became uh, really quick friends. And we did a million games together. And I miss her. Um, she is down in Dallas in the police academy down there in Texas. And she has no plans to become a broadcaster. But when she talked about her experience at the college level, she told me that it allowed her to combine the two things that she loved doing and that she was good at, talking and sports. I got to meet so many people, allowing me to know the campus a little bit better. Most importantly, I always had fun. TBN was like family. And it really is like family. That's how I feel about it anyway. And uh, it's great to hear from Brooke every once in a while. Latrell Lapsley is one of our starting offensive linemen for the Trine football team. He had an injury and wasn't able to play last year. Um, so he was in one of our BizCom classes, and we got to talking. His career ambition is to be the NFL commissioner. And if you know anything about Roger Goodell, I hope that Latrell takes over soon. Uh, I think we're ready for a change. Um, Latrell is fantastic and truly one of the most naturally gifted color guys I've ever worked with. He knows the game of football like the palm of his hand. And he has a ton of personality. And we got actual like emails and notes from people who wanted to know who this guy was and, and telling us how much they enjoyed the broadcast because of the context and the flavor that he brought to the game. So he told me that knowing that I can still be involved with football or sports in general through broadcasting the games really opened my mind to being able to be doing whatever I want and never giving up on the dreams of being involved with sports. Now, Latrell's a great football player. You know, who knows what could happen for him? Again, that was me as somebody who wasn't a great athlete. I couldn't play at the college level, but I found a way to stay involved because I loved it so much. It was something that I really enjoyed. So we don't do this. Those of us on the broadcast don't do this alone. Uh, we have a team of people that help us put on the games. Colin Meadowcroft and Hornbacher wasn't real keen on having his picture in my presentation, but I told him I'd get one in anyway. Um, Hornbacher is our executive producer, Josh Hornbacher. He has a booth in MTI Center where he runs the show. Uh, he is cutting between different cameras. He's giving cues to our announcers. He's the voice that our broadcasters talk to on a night in and night out basis. Callum Meadowcroft is Shay's boss. He does a lot of the video content for Trine University. A lot of the video content that you see around the university was produced by Colin, and he helps with camera stuff during game night as well. And that's the beauty of what we're doing. Even if you don't want to be, or students don't want to be on camera, maybe they don't want to actually be announcing, there are opportunities behind the scenes, whether it's running a camera, working in the tech booth, and all of that kind of thing. Amelia's here today. And she's one of Josh's top people uh, running a camera and helping with production. She just directed a volleyball game that I did last week and obviously did a fantastic job. So there are opportunities all around the broadcast. 
So I want to take you through doing a game, and you know, for Dr. Mayus, who I'm, I'm really glad that you're here as a professor, maybe there are some things you can see that we ask our students to do in a normal class that are echoed in what we do to get ready for a broadcast. And for the rest of you, I think you could probably see that as well. To get ready for a game, we have to study the rosters, prepare a game board. We study the rosters, look at depth charts. We look at the records, similar opponents, winning and losing streaks, key injuries, players and team philosophies. We need to know what scheme the opponent runs, who their playmakers are, what storylines are likely to emerge during the course of the game. The very best play-by-play -play guys have what are called game boards where they have this all laid out on a big roster with notes that they carry through. And some of the best in the business have really intricate ways that they make those game boards out. It's all studying to prepare for the game. I like to check the records. So going into a game, I want to know if a record is going to be broken that night. And Drew and I and, and Ben had a record broken this year with Tara Benovich. Uh, she set the three-point record during a game that we were broadcasting. Our SID, Matthew, did a great job of keeping us surprised of when that record would be set. But think if I went through that broadcast, guys, and we didn't know that she set that record. The crowd or the audience is missing out on one of the key storylines of the game, right? So it's important that I know what's going on ahead of time so that we can keep track of that and keep our, our audience apprised of what's going on. Those team records don't happen often, but when they do, we've got to be ready for them. Before the games, we meet with the coaches and the players. I'll sit down with Coach Rang or Coach Miller or Coach Abs, Coach Waz, Coach Dankelson, and we'll do a pregame interview. We'll find out if there are any injuries or any insights that we can gain. Sometimes the coaches don't want to tell us too much because they're afraid. I think they're, they're skeptical of the media, and they think that we're going to leak some of their secrets out. What I always tell Rang is, I work for trying. I want to win just as badly as you do. I'm not telling anybody anything. And they pretty much tell me whatever I need to know. We love to do interviews with players and coaches. And one of our freshmen, Liz Welker, who, again, is a freshman at Trine. She's a new comm major. I gave the students an opportunity to help out with a feature that Shay and I wanted to do. And Liz stepped up to the plate and check out her work as a freshman. By the way, that's not Liz. The photo is Liz. The actual broadcast talent here is Brooklyn Gravel. Throughout her career, with 440 rebounds so far, 718 career points, and last season, last season was named second team All MIAA, but she's not done yet. Kelsey, with a 20 and 2 record so far, how do you and your team plan on continuing to be successful throughout the season and into the tournament? Well, we plan on driving off our defense. Um, defense is what it makes us go. Well, we have a good start in the beginning of the game. It just gives us more energy and more confidence to be successful on the offensive end. Um, but the more we work on our defense and practice and just work together as a team, I think we're going to go pretty far for the rest of the year. So Brooklyn, you know, she's just starting out in her broadcasting career, but she's done some sideline stuff this year. She's done some studio stuff and does a fantastic job. Liz's segment with Jake Gladio turned out great as well, and that's up on our social media. So uh, Brooklyn Sosinski is a freshman as well, and so we met before a hockey game that we did together, and we sat down and determined what we're going to do for the pregame, what points we want to bring out and emphasize, what trends we'll be looking for. 
We have a plan for what we expect to happen, but the beauty of sports is that nothing ever goes to plan. I think Carolina had a 16-point lead last night at one point and then lost to, to Kansas. So you never really know what's going to happen. So planning is important, but the ability to adapt and adjust to the game and events as they unfold is just as important. Brooklyn came up and started doing hockey with me. And again, I'm not a hockey broadcaster. I was trying my best. And very quickly, it was obvious that she knew way more about the game than I did. She did play-by-play -play for a hockey game the next game and actually called a game-winning goal and did a fantastic job with it. So that's a young talent right there that has a really bright future. Uh, these two guys are my right-hand man, uh, A and B. Drew Everhart's a really talented basketball broadcaster, and Ben Wengard is just solid in football, basketball. Whatever you put him on, Ben's going to do a professional job. And so they have to put on an entertaining broadcast, and all of the hard work that we've done, it's kind of like test day, right? All of the hard work that we've put in, the preparation, we've got to be able to do it at that time, during that game, we've got to be able to have a great broadcast every single time. And when it all comes together, it's pretty fun. I'm going to show you just a quick clip of them doing a game together, just to give you a feel for what the finished product might look like. You got the ball back. Yeah. You'll take it. Okay, the Kelsey Taylor posted up. Gonna go up with it. No, back up to Kalo. Tara Benovich from deep. Cash is in on it. Tara Benovich. Dead eye three point shooter. And Wildman passing the ball off, knowing that the defense was shifting still to get it right to Tara. So that'd be an easy drive by there. Those two guys do a fantastic job, and I see that it's already 3.58, so I was going to show you a little bit more, but I'll cut that short. Uh, those two guys called that game. Uh, I was not at the building that night. I was actually able to be at one of my son's games, and I could go to my son's game and know that Ben and Drew would do a professional quality broadcast without me even here. That's the ultimate goal, right? Less of me and more of the students, I think, is better for everybody. And... Those two guys, I wouldn't even bat an eye about it. I mean, I know they're going to do a fantastic job. So after the game, we discuss the matchups. Uh, we have a podcast that I know that Drew's working on called Storm Center, where they talk about trying sports and have special guests. If you're not listening to Storm Center, put that in your phone right now. Look it up. Is that on Spotify too? Follow Storm Center on Spotify right now while you're watching this. Um, and also The Assist, which is another podcast by Drew. It's a college basketball podcast that's fantastic. I'm sure I'll have an episode about the national championship game coming up. So we often watch back our broadcasts to pick up for areas of improvement and to find calls that we can save out for highlight reels. What we love to do is save out highlights, put them up on social medias to help promote the teams. Uh, Simeon's my boy. Um, I got a chance to meet Sim my first year here at Trine. He was a linebacker for our football team, and uh, he was in one of my classes, and we got to know each other. And I said, Sim, I want to do a game with you. He said, well, I can't do football. I'm a little bit busy. <laughs> He's out there playing. So we got him on a basketball game. And I guess to wrap this up from this standpoint, you can see that broadcasting a game requires many of the same skills that we look for in academic classes. Our students have to study ahead of time. They have to show up early, they have to prepare themselves mentally, they have to execute in pressure situations, they get critical feedback and improve as they go along. If our students struggle, they do it in front of hundreds and sometimes thousands of viewers, so the stakes are high 
and our TBM broadcasters meet that challenge time and time again. And Sim actually has graduated. He's coaching high school football, and he works in a law enforcement capacity back in his home of Toledo. Uh, but he still came into campus over Christmas break and did a game with me because he just has fun on the air. If you've ever heard Sim do a game, it is like nobody else. He is fantastic. He says a word called splickhack. Do you guys know splickhack? Like if somebody hits a shot, he says splickhack, and nobody knows what it means, but I like it. So here's, here's the stakes. Here's the potential. Does anybody know who this dude is? Does he look familiar? Al Michaels began broadcasting sports for Arizona State back in the 1960s. He writes in his book, I called most of the games by myself, but every now and again, another kid would show up and work a few innings, but only if he didn't have a conflict, conflict with a class. For me, though, calling the games was the priority. Even if the campus radio station could only pick up within a radius of seven blocks, I loved it. So he started at Arizona State on a dinky little station that had a seven-watt radius, seven-block radius, and he went on to make maybe the most famous sports call in the history of sports. Take a look. The film about the 1980 USA Olympic hockey team is called Miracle, and it's based on Al Michaels' call of these amateur Americans beating what was a professional Russian hockey team with grown men, uh, one of the most exciting sporting events of all time, and Al Michaels captured the moment perfectly. Do you believe in miracles? And as the clock turns zero, yes. Captured the audience, captured the moment in a descriptive way that nobody will ever forget. Started at Arizona State doing baseball for 15 people, right? So all of these guys get their start somewhere. One other example is Vin Scully. Have any of you heard of Vin Scully? He broadcast Dodgers games for 67 seasons, almost seven decades. And he got his start as an English major at Fordham University and broadcast some sports while he was there. Ended up with the, with the Dodgers starting in Brooklyn and then Brooklyn left and went to Los Angeles and it became the Los Angeles Dodgers and he became one of the great voices of baseball and this is one of the most famous. Kurt Gibson was up, he didn't play in the game, it was game one of the World Series in 1988, he didn't play because he had a leg injury on both legs, wasn't able to play. The Dodgers were trailing four to three in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. Dennis Eckersley, the Hall of Fame closer on the mound for the Oakland A's, Tommy Lasorda goes to the bench and sends in a pitch hitter who had to limp up to the plate named Kurt Gibson. 
and Vince Scully on a call of a lifetime. So I think Drew and Ben and, and Nick and some of the other people in here could already tell you this. You'll do a lot of games, for instance, when our trying women win by 60, that are not filled with drama and necessarily memorable moments. You might do 50 games like that to get a moment like this, but that moment is worth it. When that moment happens, you have to be ready for the moment as a broadcaster. You have to know what's at stake. You have to be prepared. You have to have an idea of how to declare and explain in a creative way that could be memorable. And you have to have the, the genuine enthusiasm of the moment, right? We don't fake it on the Trine Network. If we sound like we're excited, we're really excited because we care about the school and we care about our players, okay? So moments like that are really special and memorable. And my point here is that Vin Scully started off as an English major at Fordham doing a couple of games there. Um, Al Michaels, same thing at Arizona State. They had no idea what might be in store for them. And so the question is, who's next? Our students at Trine have the opportunity to take sports broadcasting wherever they want. They might just enjoy doing it here at college before their careers start. They might continue to work games part-time in their hometowns, or maybe some of our students will turn that into a career. We have the talent and the resources at Trine to produce the next generation of Ian Eagles or Aaron Andrews. And I would just say to the sports world, hang on because the TBN crew is coming. Any questions? A lot of little kids have a, if they're interested in sports, have mm -hmm. a hero. Did you have a broadcaster that you really <laughs> liked or didn't like, like Dick Vitale or Don? Unbelievable! Um, it's a great question. Um, so I was 10 years old in 1984 when the Tigers baseball team started 35-5 and five when I was 10. And in those days, we didn't have cable TV. I had a big wooden console television that had a knob on it that you had to walk up to and turn. Uh, it had three channels. Once in a while, you could get Channel 6 out of Lansing and maybe get a Tiger game. But I listened to the 84 Tigers on the radio. And so my hero was Ernie Harwell and Paul Carey. Uh, Ernie Harwell was the voice of the Tigers for over 40 years, did the World Series in 1984, uh, and all of those players for the Tigers were my heroes, and Ernie most of all, because in that summer we all carried our radios around to listen to the Tigers. Yeah, I still, I have fond memories of my dad listening to the White Sox. Oh yeah. Last summer evening, I could just to this day hear, hear that voice. Uh, Harry Carey actually was with the White Sox for a while. <laughs> and uh, just a couple other quick. Sure. Did, have you ever said anything over the air that you regretted or that was embarrassing? Or? How much time do we have here? Uh, we run. Um, the only time that I really get embarrassed is if I get a name wrong, um, and I have gotten names wrong before. Uh, there was one game when they had changed the roster, and I had the wrong roster, 
And so I was saying the kid's name, the kid that I, the name that I was saying was not even in the building. But I had the number wrong, and I had it wrong the whole game, and I felt like an absolute idiot. I hate getting those wrong because there might be a parent that's watching and wants to, what the heck, why do they have my, and as a parent myself, I know how that feels. So that's probably the biggest thing, just getting a number wrong. And, and real quick, what's the, the most fun sport to broadcast, or, or does it just... <laughs> That's going to be different for everybody. I think for me, when you get that first fall day, when it's a little chilly, and you get the little smell of the leaves crumpling, and I get that feel for college football, and there's an excitement there that kind of takes over. But I feel the same way when basketball season starts. So it would be either football or basketball. Probably the most exciting moments I've had have been calling basketball, and I'll tell you why. Uh, my son played high school basketball at our little school, and uh, he, he, was, he was pretty good. For some reason, must be my wife, was a decent athlete because he was a pretty decent player. And I got to call a game in a district semifinal against our rival when he hit 34 points, and I was broadcasting the game. And um, I have a recording of that that I'm going to have the rest of my life. People thought I wasn't super objective on that broadcast. You're damn right I wasn't objective. I was rooting for my kid. And uh, if they wanted a Hillsdale Academy kid to broadcast the game, find somebody that can do it. Right, John? You know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, calling my kids' games was really special. And this year I got to do a couple of Wade's games in high school, and that was really special too. So I guess I would say basketball, but I love baseball and football too. Hockey's fun, but I don't know what I'm doing. And volleyball, I mean, Brooklyn carried us and Lauren the other night. Brooklyn taught me, the, I learned what a three-option pass was. I had no idea what that was. Um, so I learned a lot from our students doing those games. Those are awesome questions. Thank you. I appreciate you listening and being here today. Any from the students? So... I put a couple of socials up there. I hope if you're not already following at Trime Voice on Twitter that you'll follow. And let me tell you why. Um, we put a lot of our students' work up there. You're going to hear highlights and all of our pieces. It's going to go up there. And my students and I have just started our Instagram at Trime Broadcast. It's one of the fastest growing Instagrams in Northeast Ohio. We have 135 followers. Um, <laughs> I am kind of learning as I go with Instagram, but social media is part of broadcasting now. Are you with me? I mean, it, it is something that you have to do. After every game that I call, I put a social post out explaining what happened. We'll have links to highlights and all of that stuff. We'll have links to the broadcast. So social media is part of sports broadcasting now, and that would be awesome if you'd follow those. And, and also, if anybody's interested in getting involved, um, you don't have to be a comm major to do this. And we've had a lot of students that have gotten involved without being in comm. Um, just shoot me an email. I'm in the book, Andy Brown, and let me know what you're interested in. I have a TBN mail list that goes out, so I'll just add you to that mailing list. And that has the schedule on there, and you can sign up for opportunities to do games. For your first game, I'll put you with one of our grizzled veterans so that you get a feel of, of how it goes, or maybe I'll do it with you uh, the first time. And then once you get started, um, you, can, you can maybe find a friend and, and broadcast some games. We're always looking for people that know anything about soccer. 
I tried to do a soccer game last year. It was horrible. I did a horrible job. I couldn't read the numbers. It was girls' soccer, and their hair was down over their numbers. And also, you're a mile away from the field at Zollner, and I didn't know what was happening. And it was a dreadful two-hour broadcast. I, I think maybe one of the worst ones that I've ever done. I don't understand the game really well enough to do it. So we need soccer, lacrosse. I have a couple of people interested in lacrosse now, but we do lacrosse games, and we need help with that. And if you want to get into basketball and football, we have a lot of interest in those, but we could definitely work you in. Ask the people. We'll find a way to get you in. Um, baseball and softball, we have a million games. They keep getting canceled. That means we're going to have a million of them coming up here in a short period of time, so we could use some help for that. And the big thing is, I just want everybody to know that this opportunity exists. If you're interested, let's get you involved and see how it goes. And maybe it's not for you, but for the students that give it a try, I think a lot of them enjoy it and have a good experience. So that's kind of our story, uh, where we are right now. And I'm so grateful to you for coming today and uh, hearing a little bit about what we're up to. I genuinely appreciate it. Thank you.